Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed in this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of Slam Fire Radio for September 4th, 2015. I am one of your hosts, the Ferlatte. I am another one of your hosts, the McClatchy. Wait. So, so subdued, so... Something. Tranquil. Tra- tranquil. Yes, that's a word that's used to describe me often. Tranquil. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> How you doing, that's, Trevor? I'm well, buddy. How are you? I am well. It's been almost like a week since we've... No. No, it's been like a week since we talked while being recorded. Right. Well, we hope. Like, well... <laughs> to our knowledge. <laughs> to our knowledge, right. Yeah. <laughs> we may it's have been, been recorded by other people. Who knows? Who knows? However, that's an but, odd way to start the show. Are you wearing your tinfoil? I am. How As can they record on. my thoughts then? They can't. We're safe. <laughs> we got our tinfoil on. Thanks for listening, everyone, because they're all gone by now, right, anyway. Yeah, right? we enjoyed yeah. having you as a listener, but clearly <laughs> we finally just... We just fell off the deep end, just gone, just like that. We out. Yep. We, we, we gone. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, McClicky, why don't, uh, why don't you tell us what you did this week in Guns? Uh, not a whole lot, but I am getting ready for the Shaw course coming up this weekend. Looking forward to that, picking him up at the airport tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, and, uh, I can't old- believe it's here. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll be heading right over to your place tomorrow. So we'll be at your place this time tomorrow. Excellent. So that'll be fun. Um, Before I've, this time or at this time? Like what time are you rolling in? I don't know. We could talk about the scheduling maybe after the show, not while we're recording. I don't know. No, when we're done, we're done. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, uh, it'll be after supper. Excellent. Yeah. yeah so. Filthy and uh, a whole bunch of people are going to be arriving tomorrow. Nice. More people than I have beds for, I'm afraid. Good. Well, you got a bed for me and Jewel. I'm happy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's, that's it. That, Take care of. Beyond yeah. that, you know, I guess if you have a bed, that's cool too. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know. <laughs> to your house, uh, but whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll just crawl in between you guys. Yeah, sure. Come on in. We've got room. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, getting ready for Shaw. Yeah, just, you know, checking the batteries in the EOTech and, uh, you know, making sure the gun's working and loading ammo onto stripper clips because it's just so much easier to, to load off of stripper clips and out of little Chinese cardboard boxes that probably have the Ebola virus stuck in them somewhere. Um, you know, opening up those spam cans of, of Surplus 556. I almost want to do that outdoors. Yeah, know? I know. I know. It's like... When the when the wind is blowing towards my neighbor's property, yeah. that's when I open the Norinco spam can. Yeah, exactly. Because you just, you just don't know. I mean, that, that that's sealed. That air has come from China. Yes, that's Chinese air. That's Chinese air. That's and air so air I don't... China. You know, it doesn't have that new ammo smell that you want to just... Like in a car? No. So, yeah. So that's going to be... that. There'll be that. And, that's the um, smell of cancer, right there. It, like, you open, if you want to know what cancer like, smells like, yeah, that's basically it. Can and orc ammo. <laughs> that's what they train those cancer-smelling dogs on. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, so, 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 what's that? I said, wait, they have those. Yeah, you haven't heard of those. I didn't. It, it may, it may be a, I don't know. It's something I read somewhere once. It, it may have just been a joke too. I, wait, I don't know. You can read. Uh, well, limitedly. 
<laughs> if you're reading about dog sniffing cancer, then yes, I would say you're, yeah. Time to expand. <laughs> Perhaps. All right, carry on. Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm setting up a G-Code Haley Strategic Modular Magazine System. That sounds expensive. That's a mouthful. Well, it didn't cost me anything because my company carries it, and right. so I just grabbed one off the shelf and adjusted the inventory. I've been meaning to ask if you had any G-code uh, adjusted inventory. That's funny. No, and I don't know where that went. What are you talking about? Yeah. I need a Glock holster. All I have is concealed stuff. I have. Oh. It's either it's either straight up inside the waistband, outside the waistband, or Ghost Race holster. I've Interesting. Tried. Yeah. So I can look uh, and see if we have one. I I know we carry G-code holsters. I'm just not sure if we have a Glock one in stock. We normally do, though. That's our biggest seller, so. That would make sense that we would have one. So I, I can't bring it to you tomorrow because the inventory is at Owens, but we, we probably have one for you. So anyway, I'll let you know. But anyway, yeah, no, it's just uh, last year I ran the Costa thigh rig, and uh, I found the magazines fell down too far. I couldn't get them out. And the Haley, you know, because Costa's partner in crime there in the Magpul, I figured I'd try Haley's gear because, you know, they're friends. Obviously, their gear must be compatible or something. I don't know. But uh, it's it's kind it's it's molded Kydex and um, the the mags the the Beowulf mags just stick out like a centimeter from the top and so you can grab them really easy and pull them out they don't fall way down in and it's comfortable and it's curved and it's lightweight and I think it'll work just fine so I'm looking forward to running that and seeing how it does. Cool. So that's that's pretty much it. I didn't really do a whole lot gun wise, but uh, a little bit. So what did uh, you get up to? It looks like you got a bit of a list here. <laughs> Yeah. That that's not that's that's weird. Like, why would you have such a big list? That's not like you. I know, I know. It's I swear, one of these weeks I will get out and do stuff. I promise. For the listeners, I will I will have an active week in guns. One of these days. So, excellent. Um, so, <laughs> we talked about uh, getting into casting lead bullets, and um, you know when you've got a, a lead bullet, it needs to be either lube sized or uh, tumbled, tumble lubed. There's two kinds of ways of applying lube to the bullet, and this prevents lead from being stripped off when you fire it. And what a couple of little guys here are doing is they're powder coating their bullets. So I got into that. I uh, I took the lead bullets that I cast. Yeah, but didn't you talk about this last week? Not the powder coating part. Are you sure? I, well, I got out and I tested them. Oh, you actually tested them now. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I got out to the range, and I, I did two tests simultaneously. I shot through the chronograph to get the velocity and on a, and, and, and aimed at the same time to see. I didn't just let them go through the chronograph. Right. I actually set up So it was two, it really was two tests simultaneously. See, I was going to make fun of you saying, well, you shot one gun right-handed and one gun left-handed or something, but, <laughs> but no, no you I actually checked. did. Okay, yeah, cool. I tested the velocity and the accuracy at the same time. So the first three bullets, I'm looking at the target, and I'm like, where are they? I, like, I don't see them. They were in the same hole. That's why I couldn't see them. Nice. So that's accurate then. So, yeah. So not too concerned about the accuracy. And, I mean, the, um, they're 170. Well, the mold is for 175 grain. That's if you use pure lead. Yeah. But I'm using a, a mixture. It's basically melted wheel weights. Right. So uh, it's, in, it's not pure lead. As a result, it's lighter. So the mold pumps out bullets that are anywhere between 170, 171, all the way up to 174. So when I developed a powder charge for these bullets, I based it on my lightest bullet. And the reason right. why we would do that would be if I go to chronograph and I made it off of a 174 grain bullet 
and they pulled a 170 or 171 grain bullet. You might used, not make it. Yeah, they used yeah. that weight to multiply against my average velocity for three bullets. Yep. I might not make it. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm loading for the lightest possible bullet I can make. And uh, it's interesting. When you go to lead, you go down. Let's say you had a 180-grain bullet that was made of lead and a 180-grain bullet that had a full metal jacket on it. You yep. actually reduced your powder charge on the lead bullet. And then if you go to a lighter bullet, you're supposed to up your powder charge. So these are, you know, my lightest one is 170, 170 grains. Normally I shoot 180 grains mm -hmm. and I'm actually quite a bit down in powder charge where I was shooting 4.9. I'm down to 4.5. Well, that's going to save you a bit of powder in the long run too. Yeah. So now I'm using less powder. I'm using basically free bullets. And um, so I'm looking forward to really getting getting a handle on this for next season. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to cast after after um, this week. Well, after provincials, I will get into. Uh, well, after three gun, actually, yeah, I'm going to get all these events <laughs> that are coming up out of the way, and then I'm going to take all the lead that uh, Filthy Squire Fred gave me. Gave me 80 pounds. I'm going to turn that all into 40 caliber projectiles, and then spend the winter powder coating. I mean, obviously, you have to use your lead pot outside. You're not going to use that indoors. And if it's too cold outside, you know, you're going to struggle with your the temperature of your mold. Yeah, exactly. Get get all of your, your casting done while it's still warm out now and then worry about your powder coating later. Yeah, that makes right. sense. Yeah. And plus, so, if you're having the oven on, you know, in the wintertime, it helps warm your house a little bit too. Well, you don't do the powder coating indoors either. Oh. The powder coat can put off some pretty noxious fumes when it's being oh, baked interesting. in the oven. So you, yeah. Oh, okay. So what kind of oven do you use? Well, you use a toaster oven, but you basically you, you take the one that you have at home, tell the wife it's broken. Oh, gotcha. You buy a new one and you right. use the old one. Okay. Yeah. You take the old ones to Muffin's place. Right. And, uh, and send her out on her dollar to replace the toaster yes, oven. Yes, which is, is yeah, the correct works. way to do it. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know why the toaster oven doesn't work. I don't know why it's covered in black powder. I, I, what am I, a scientist? I have I no idea. Yeah. So, so I ordered, um, I ordered, uh, I don't know, three pounds of, of, uh, the, uh, powder coat powder. And, um, uh, you, there's a couple of ways of applying it. I'm going to go with the uh, tumble method where you take airsoft BBs and put So there is a use for airsoft. Is that what you're trying to say? There is. Because I just listened to the outtakes in one of our shows. I was going through some of the old files and we had an outtake where you were making fun of me and airsoft. And you're like, there's no use for it. Well, apparently there is. It's powder coating yeah, bullets. It's powder coating bullets. Yeah. So when you, you throw now we the know. plastic airsoft pellets into a, um, like a rubber made container or a Tupperware container and you shake it up, it creates static electricity and yep. that causes the uh, powder to attach itself to the bullet. You remove it, you bake it in the oven, and it's powder-coated bullets. Size them up, and you're good to go. There you go. So I'm happy with the testing. The velocity was good, and the accuracy was good. So Also this week, I installed a new bolt in my NEA39, just in the nick of time. Um, I was hoping that it would arrive before the Daniel Shaw Clinic. Uh, the um, first-generation 7.62 by 39 bolts um, they, with the treatment that they put on them, apparently, maybe I don't quote me on any of this. Anyway, a locking lug broke and they're like, oh yeah, that's a gen one bolt. That's uh that's a problem where we were fully aware of new bolt in the mail and a, uh, a nickel plated bolt was in the mail. And, uh, I got it like one email and 10 days later, I had a new nickel plated bolt, cool. threw that in the gun, took it out to the range, sighted it in with my EOTech, that's pronounced EOTech. EO Tech, as opposed to 
Ecotech or something. No, I'm pretty whatever. sure it's the, the Ecotech is the Chinese knockoff version. It's because oh, it's the economy version. I thought version. it was Eco. the environmentally friendly one, like Eco, Eco. Oh, like a, like Ecology is what you were thinking. See, no, it's right. it's economy. No, it's economy. Oh, yeah, I'm people get bad. those confused a lot. Right. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I took the Eotech off my NEA 15, which is you know the 5561. Yep. I'm not going to run it in this class, um, so I put it on the NEA 39 and was out to the range, sighted in and testing mags. And some of the mags still aren't working correctly. There's three of them that are just, you load them up, you put in the gun, you hit the bolt release, and the first round just dives into the ramp. Oh, yeah. So how many mags do you have for the class? Seven. Oh, you got lots. You'll be fine. Yeah, plus Muffin lent me all of his, which I think I have to lend to Filthy because Filthy, oh, Filthy. (laughs) Filthy, 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 filthy. There's a modification that we saw in a YouTube video where you trimmed the um, trimmed the front of the of the of the mag body so that the bullets would clear the front of it better, um, and you grind the dimples out of the feed lips. Right. So I tried it on one, just one, just one, just one. Because you don't know if it's going to work. So why would you permanently modify all of your mags? You don't say. Uh, that's that's just a thought that popped into my head. I know clone troopers aren't the brightest. <sighs> <laughs> Anyway, I don't want to even continue to throw him under the bus because I love the guy. So Sorry, I'm just, filthy. I'm just gonna let it go. Is but he coming anyway, up to the class? He is, and he's which is why you're blowing a mags. I okay, it makes makes <laughs> that's more why sense. I'm yeah not Hitch. because yeah right yeah. yes that's why there we okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> I also got my Mark 18 out. I've got uh, I, I, that's all sighted in irons and red dot at 36. So should the NEA 39 mags not be cooperative and start to cause more problems than they're worth, I will ditch that and yeah, run, just run the team. Yeah, that'll yeah. be cool. So Then I got out and I shot a match and um, this is a good story. Uh, the barrel on my STI Eagle 2011 broke. What? You don't say. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so locked The barrel broke? The barrel, the, the, the lug underneath the chamber oh, okay. of the barrel yep. Yep. Where, the, where the takedown pin goes. Not the link. The link didn't break. The actual lug broke. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, STI gun, warranted up the wazoo for life. There you go. Um, I got it in the mail on Monday morning, and it's probably already repaired. It went to Freedom Ventures. And I got to tell you, man, the service I've been getting from those guys, this applies. If you don't shop there, you're a communist. Yep. It's not just about the Calgary Shooting Center. If you don't shop at Freedom Ventures, you are a communist. No, 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 there's no two ways about it. They treat me really, really well. Devin um, works in the shop there. And every time I he answers the phone, it's Mr. Furlot this and Mr. Furlot that. And I'm like, dude, just stop. But he's always just, it's, it's like he, like, I don't I think he, he lives on Red Bull or something. He's way, <laughs> like super energetic and always friendly and happy-go-lucky and, you know, great communication through email and on the phone. And anyway, so the gun went in the mail and, uh, I sent a couple of mags down there that need to be tuned, and uh, it's on its way back. So, so uh, or should be on its way back. So anyway, the gun broke. So what do you do? What do you, what do, you do when your gun breaks? You go to you your use backup. somebody else's. Yeah. Well, I don't have my backup. So then, oh. yes, you use somebody else's. Right. So you talk to the range master and you get permission. Oh, is that yes. how you do that? That's how you do that. <laughs> unless your name is Guy and you're from Quebec and you're getting DQ'd. Um, anyway, um, so what what are my options? Right. Well, I'm squatted with Muffin, and Muffin runs a Glock 35. I haven't shot a Glock 35 in like, well, since 2013. So what choice do I have? So anyway, um, he started it on me right away. 1911 this, 1911 that, blah, blah, blah. I looked at him. I said, enjoy it. 
Enjoy your 1911 jokes, but know this. I'm going to win today, and I'm going to do it with your gun. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Now, listen, this, it was a challenging match, and the scores were nothing to write home about. And if Harold had been there, or Nick, or Jamie Knowles, or Jody, I may not have won. But I beat him, darn right. it. And that's what matters, because he yeah, was yep. really all up in my Glock about Glock and 1911s. And it's just awful, so... And then I got out yeah, yesterday to shoot my VZ858 and a CZ858 because nice. they're, you know, freedom and they're yep. back and stuff. Yep. So Mr. Burns has one and uh, he's selling it. He's got a, it's reasonably priced. He did a really neat little modification. He added a rear aperture to the rear dust cover. He added an aperture sight to the rear dust cover. Okay. Yeah. And he's So it's claiming, a peep sight. Yeah. He's claiming three-inch groups with irons at 100. Huh. I didn't bother to try it. Right. But, um, yeah, that's with, with surplus ammo, I think. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, the reason why are I, accurate. Well, the reason why I had the VZ-58 and the CZ-858 out there was because my VZ-58 is in 223. And I bought mm-hmm. it in 223 so that I could put the CSA AR-15 magwell adapter on it so that I could run LAR mags. Uh, metal Beowulf mags, you know, yep. so that I could, and it's, it's non-restricted and then New Brunswick, it's, um, you know, a vermin caliber yeah, exactly. so I can put yep. it in the car 24-7 almost, almost 365. It's a, it's a non-restricted trunk gun in New Brunswick is what it is. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, AR mags, right? So okay, I've got options other than five rounds with the, in 7.62 with that platform, I didn't have more than five round options. So we got thinking, will my AR Magwell adapter from the VZ-58 fit the CZ-858? And if it does, then I can use my XCR 10-round 762 by 39 pistol mags. And then we're, we're on to something here, right? Yep. Unfortunately, it did not. The Magwell fit, but the receivers are made differently. And the XCR mag will fit in the Magwell if it's not in a receiver. But as soon as you clip the Magwell... Or, uh, the Magwell adapter into the CZ858 receiver, the XCR mags will not seat. Gotcha. Which is well, that's too bad. Yeah. yeah. There is a Magwell adapter out there for the CZ858, but they had to be fitted. Like Burns had one before and on a different CZ858 rifle, and he actually had to send the gun away to Wolverines, and Wolverine um, put it on for him. But it didn't run reliably, so he ditched the whole thing. Yep. So, other than that, like you, I've been getting ready for the Shaw Clinic. I loaded up uh, 400 rounds of 9 mil ammo over the last two days because we need some 9 mil ammo. Yep. Or, well, we need ammo. And I also set up my belt, pouches, and holster. And I'm going to go actually going to run my MMP this time. Oh, that's cool. I want to run the FN, but I don't have um, what I feel is a suitable set of mag pouches. Right. For this type of course. I mean, I could, but, you know, I, I rather use duty gear in these right. classes as opposed to competition gear. That being said, I am running an Ipsic inner and outer belt with a Kydex holster, and um, I'm doing things a lot differently than I did last year. Last year, I was using old Canadian military webbing with a soft pouch to put the mags in. Yeah. I don't think I had any mags on my belt, and I had a drop-like holster that sucked, and was whenever we had to do any running, it would work its way around the front of my leg. And yep. So I'm like, you know what? 
I'm just going to wear the gear that, that is comfortable. So I've got a G-code double mag pouch for rifle, and I've got the regular Blackhawk double mag pouch that came with the MMP. Mm-hmm. And rather than the uh, Blackhawk MMP holster, I'm using a uh, LHS one that I got from Bang, Bang Switch Boutique. Right. And, um, yeah, I'd like to use the FN. I don't have a good mag pouch, and I'd like to use the Glock, but all I have, the closest holster I would have for the Glock would be a Phobos, which sucks. Yeah. Or um, my Sidewinder, right. which doesn't suck, but is not necessarily conducive to this type of class. So. Yeah. No, I'm just running my Epsic belt with my Epsic holster for my gun. My my handgun and uh, I'll I'll put two two pistol pouches on there for my mags and then my two rifle pouches on the belt too. I'm That's just all running you're doing, it eh? two and yep. two. Yeah, two and two. So I think that'll be sufficient, and I'll just have extra mags loaded up and ready to go. I can just swap out mags instead of having to reload all the time. Yeah, same here. Uh, yep. Ammo can on the line with mags in it. And, yep. Uh, yeah, and then finally, I ordered some of the podcaster playing cards. Yeah, so did yet? I. Yeah, yeah, I got five cards or five decks of them ordered. Me too. So I can't wait till they get here. For the listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, Stacy and Kelly, and if there was another person involved, I apologize for not mentioning you, but as far as I know, it's just a Stacy Kelly initiative and an Arm Squirrels project thing, maybe. So they've taken, there's a company that will produce a deck of cards with whatever images you want on them. So the girls got together and they were able to find 52 individuals who are podcasters or closely associated with podcast so there's friends of the show like muffin has one muffin's mm-hmm. on a playing card i don't even know gallons on a yet. playing card gallons on a playing card gallons on yeah i'm sure gallon's face can be seen in a lot of places but um <laughs> so yeah so i mean you know kowalski and brian and and all you know all your usual favorites yeah uh yeah uh, so you get a deck of cards and uh when you're playing cards with the family you're like oh they sure i know him yeah, I know this guy. He told this story, or this guy open carried in Utah once. Or <laughs> this is the Appleseed Princess, you know. Yeah. This is Wonder Woman. So yeah, they're pretty neat. Um, and uh, the more cards that are ordered, the, the cheaper lower they are. The price. Well, right? wait, now they're less than five bucks. Right. So, so you might as well go order some because they're less than five bucks, and you got playing cards. And who doesn't want to play a game of forty fives, really? <laughs> Exactly. In the kitchen with a cup of tea. You got it. Let's play. Maritimes. So if you're interested <laughs> in these cards, head over to the Arm Scrolls Project um, website or Facebook page and you can email Stacy. And I think her email is straight up Stacy at Arm Scrolls Project. Well, you, you can just go to the Arm Scrolls Project website and order them yourself. There's a form at the right at the bottom there. Oh, there's a form. I thought you had to email Stacy. Okay. No, don't believe so. All right. Cool. We'll email Stacy anyway. Well, sure. Tell her, tell her hi. Yeah, tell, tell her Trevor said to email her. Yeah. yeah. And her and her cell phone number is Oh wait, I have that. Hold on. <laughs> um, so if you if you're in Canada, um uh, Kelly will take take care of getting you your cards. And if you're stateside, Stacy will take care of getting you your cards. So these cards are really cool and uh, it's not just because uh, we're on them and uh No, that's did, why they're on that no, it's because we're on them. Did you see the Jokers? Yes. Yeah, they couldn't we're not saying, no spoilers. Nope. But if you want to know who the jokers of this deck are, you need to check it out. Yeah, go over there and get yourself a set of playing cards with our faces, because that's not creepy. No, not at all. It I is will a be bit. in. I will be in bicycle spokes. I know it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I wish I was in a bicycle spoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about we uh, move into upcoming events? Sure. 
All right. So the Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club Raffle. Ten bucks a ticket. You can send an EMT or send an email. Is it EMT or just email? Just send an email. Send an email to W Whiskey Papa Romeo Charlie two thousand and five at gmail dot com. And uh so that's you know, that's the phonetic alphabet. Don't don't actually type the word whiskey, Papa, Romeo, or Charlie. It's WPRC two thousand and five at gmail dot com. Tell them you're interested in getting some tickets for the raffle so you can win some money and help them construct new berms so we have another facility in the province for action shooting. Yep. Speaking of facilities, have you shot in Capillet? I have not. Well, yeah, I have a long time ago. Okay. Well, it's been purchased by a couple of individuals, and they've started to expand the range. Cool. Yeah, they put in a couple of new berms, a couple of new – there's – couple of berms went up making one new one new bay that's not certified yet but the guys who bought the range are into action shooting both cowboy and ipsic nice so yes. that'll make, yeah they're gonna be setting that range up nicely then i'm sure they are if they're working on expanding the range to make it more suitable for action shooting very exciting cool so um what else do we have going on um that's it other than uh, the multi-gun which will be september 19th that's all i got i don't know how many stages or how many rounds yet i'm once I get through this course, then I've got provincials, and uh, I'll try and let people know uh, round counts maybe the week before. I know it's inconvenient, so just go out and buy a lot of ammo, and yeah. you'll be covered. A lot will be know? good. I mean, the, the, I tell you what, there won't be any slugs, and there won't be any buckshot. So just go out and get yourself whatever you like for birdshot and, and carry on. Because I don't want to, I don't want to get people stuck having to find slugs and birds and slugs and buckshot at the last minute and yeah. have to pay a dollar around for it. So, yeah. news. Would yes. you like to take the first news item and I'll take the second news item? <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. The second news item looks really, really short, but there's a link to a website and there's a lot of information on the website. So don't think I'm ripping you off. I I you know? do. All right. Yeah. Well, do you want me? To, you don't want me to read the whole thing, do you? Um, you know, I could summarize it sort of. It's important that we get out the this actual information. I think um, I would actually read it. Okay, I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna blur the the subsection all stuff though. Okay, well, you give it as much detail as you think the listeners need to be up to date as possible. Okay, so on September second, two thousand fifteen, uh, the Common Sense Licensing Act came into force. Um, the, as a result, the Firearms Act is amended to provide that an individual who holds a license authorizing the individual to possess prohibited firearms or restricted firearms must, if the license is renewed, be authorized to transport them within the individual's province of residence and uh, to and from all shooting clubs and shooting ranges that are approved under Section 29, and uh, and to and from any place a peace officer, firearms officer, or chief's firearm chief firearms officer is located for verification, registration, or disposal in accordance with this Act or Part Three of the Criminal Code. Uh, also, to and from a business that holds a license authorizing it to repair or appraise prohibited or restricted firearms. Um, also to and from a gun show and to a port of exit in order to take them outside of Canada and from a port of entry. 
there is some confusion as to what will happen on a practical basis and the purpose of this post is to offer some guidance. So basically we're talking about the changes to the ATT as of September 2nd. Right. All right, carry on. Prior to uh, September 2nd, in order for an individual to transport prohibited or restricted firearms, the individual had to have three things. The plastic card portion of their restricted PAL. The paper portion of their P, uh, restricted PAL, which states the conditions on the license. Which and none of us ever carried. I think, now I'm not entirely sure, but I think it's only, you know what, I'm not even going to say it, but I've been under the impression, how would I say it safely this way, I've been under the impression that you only need to carry that if there are specific conditions on it. Mine no, was blank. No, it, it says right on it, this must accompany your license always. Interesting. Well, there are no conditions on mine, so I don't understand why I would have to carry it. Anyway, nobody n nobody that I know carries it, however. And we'll carry on with the third requirement, an authorization to transport. Nothing changes on September 2nd with respect to the requirement to have an ATT. All that is changing is that the ATT will no longer be on a separate piece of paper, but will instead be found on the paper portion of an individual's PAL along with the other license conditions. Oh, great. So instead of carrying my ATT around, now I'm going to have to carry that piece of paper around. <laughs> so I'm still carrying a piece of paper around. <laughs> uh, so the first key piece of advice, until you receive a new paper portion for your PAL with the ATT listed as a condition of your license in accordance with the Firearms Act, you will still need your separate paper ATT. So do not plan to get rid of that on Wednesday morning. What is not clear is the mechanism by which the Canadian Firearms Program and or the Chief Firearms Officers will issue new paper parts of RPALs. If one takes a strict reading of the law, the new automatic authorization to transport only attaches upon the renewal of an, a restricted PAL after September 2nd. If one takes that same strict reading of the law, then first-time restricted PAL holders will not benefit from an automatic ATT, but will need to get a long-term ATT just as before. That being said, this is clearly not the intent of the Common Sense Firearms Licensing Act. I have heard that the CFOs will be reissuing the paper portions of our pals with the new automatic ATT upon request as of September 2nd, but I do not have any official confirmation of this. It does make sense since the alternative will be a flood of early renewals as everyone with an RPAL renews this month to get the new automatic ATT. I will try to get confirmation from the Ontario CFO earlier this week as to what we expect to happen. Bottom line. You still need an ATT. The only thing that changes is where you find it. Until you get the new paper portion of your RPAL, you still have to carry your old L, uh, your LTATT, your long-term ATT. So, um, so this comes to us from um, Pierre Claude. He posted this on the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. He is uh, a, a lawyer, and he is brilliant. He's on another page that I can't even reach for. Um, and this is what he does, right? I mean, he's a lawyer and he understands how, how laws are written. So he wrote this on there as a uh, clarification for the members on that Facebook right. page. So if you'd like to go read it for yourself, go like the Coalition for uh, Canadian Gun Control, Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights 
Facebook page, and you can go uh, you can go see it for yourself and 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 copy it. Well, what what gets me on this is it's not exactly what we were expecting. We were all expecting to just go, oh, ATTs are included in our license now. We don't need anything anymore. But that's not the case. Of course. Now, not. now that blank piece of paper that says these are the conditions of your license that didn't have any conditions, and so nobody kept it. Now it's going to have a condition, and now you're going to have to carry that piece of paper. So instead so, of instead of carrying your ATT around, now you're carrying that other useless piece of paper around. Yeah. So we still have to have that permission slip to take our guns to and from the range. The yeah, only difference so is, huh? Doesn't yeah. The only difference is it only expires when our license expires. That's right. You don't have to apply for it every year. You can. You it'll be good for the five years that your license is good for. So there's there's that. That that's that's the only real silver lining here. That the everything else is like. Well, look at that. We still have bureaucracy to contend with. Lovely. It's almost like they found a way, right? Yeah. Hey, that stupid piece of condi- Like who? If there's a listener in, anywhere in Canada who has a pal or an R pal and has that piece of paper, and actually has a condition listed on it, like he's only allowed to shoot rimfire or something? Like, what are these conditions? I I'd no love idea. to know what they are, and uh, when that piece of paper actually applies to someone. So, if someone has that piece of paper, and there's a condition listed on it, contact us, please. If you don't mind, you can remain completely anonymous. I'm just curious and want to see what some of these possible conditions are. I know if I call the CFC, They'll be like, they, they won't be able to help me. So, or tell me it's confidential or something. Uh, all the, uh, all the, remember last week I was talking about how weird my experience was calling the CFC to initiate the transfer for all those prize guns. Yeah. One of them, ATT was super fast turnaround and it took until yesterday for the rest to arrive. Huh. SummerSlam was August 9th. So here we are almost a month later and, uh, I finally have all those firearms transferred. I think all. I'm assuming that <laughs> some of the envelopes have multiple um, transfer approvals because they were all initiated at the same time. So, so um, this next uh, item in the news I will take, and it's called Questions and Answers to Additional Provisions of the Common Sense Firearms Licensing Act that came, in a f- that came into force on September 2nd, 2015. Now, this can be found on the RCMP website. Uh, so, you know, the usual URL and then forward slash notice slash hyphen a V slash hyphen 2015 hyphen 09, et cetera. Um, we can uh, perhaps put a link in the show notes maybe to that. Uh, maybe. It's called the elimination of POLs and conversion of all valid POLs to PALs. So what they've done here on the RCMP website is they've done just that questions and answers so it's question number one i have a pol what do i do answer number one if you have a valid pol you will be allowed to acquire firearms for the class of firearm you had on your pol a pal will be issued to you when you're when you renew your pol so right now you can go out if you have a pol only possession only license if it's for possession only of restricted and non-restricted you can go out right now and buy restricted and non-restricted. If it's right. a possession only for non-restricted, you can go out right now and you can use that possession only license to acquire non-restricted firearms. You, your license will not change until it's time for renewal. When you renew, you'll get a new license that shouldn't say possession and acquisition. It should just say 
gun license and stuff. <laughs> well, well, no, it won't say possession only. It'll say possession and acquisition. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you can acquire it, you can possess it. So it should just say license. It should, but it's not. It's still going to be a PAL, though. That's, that you, as I said, if you can acquire it, obviously you can possess it. So it's all a whole bunch of useless. And okay, gotcha. And, yeah. All right. You know. Uh, question number two. I want to acquire firearms. What is the process to be issued a new PAL before it expired? Before it expires. So if you have a card and you want to get a new card before it expires, you just go through the regular. Yeah, just know. do the regular renewal process. Yeah. Yep. Your POL card will provide you with the ability to acquire firearms immediately. You will receive a PAL card upon the renewal of your new license. So don't go and do an early renewal for the sake of doing an early renewal so you can start buying guns. You can buy guns now with your POL. Um, here's a question. I'm going to skip the next one. Well, actually, question number three. Is there a safety training requirement for converting my POL to a PAL? So there was in the past. And this, this applied to me. In 1995, I went and registered for a license, and all I had for years was a possession-only license for non-restricted firearms, and my father registered some of our long guns in my name just to keep me in the system. When I decided I wanted to start purchasing new firearms, I went out and I challenged the test for restricted. So here I was with a license to possess non-restricteds, but not buy them, but possess and buy restricteds. And people say, oh, that's not possible. Yeah, it's very possible. You don't have, at the time, you didn't have to challenge the non-restricted and then the restricted. And they tried to, they eventually monkeyed with that. But now, no, you don't need to um, take a safety course. The end. So is there a safety training requirement to convert my POL to a PAL? No, you are not required to take classroom safety training when your POL is converted to a PAL. This is automatic, people. Go buy guns. Wait for your new license to come in when your old one expires. Yep. Well, don't wait for it to come in. Apply for a renewal when the date comes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah don't the new let one it expire. <laughs> no, then it won't come. You actually have to apply for the new one. So here's what you do if you left your possession-only license expire. The question is, if my possession-only license has expired, will I automatically receive a possession acquisition license? The answer is no. Your possession-only must be valid to qualify for a possession only and uh, possession only to possession acquisition license. So if you let your possession only license expire, you are SOL. Yeah, you go take the course. To, yeah, you'll now have to go take the course. Yep. Um, let's see. This one, question six. The government of Canada extended a regulatory compliance incentive allowing eligible holders of an expired possession-only license to acquire a new possession-only license until May 16th, 2017. Can I still qualify? No. As of September 2nd, 2015, you can no longer apply for a new possession-only license. Furthermore, the conversion of existing possession-only licenses to possession acquisition licenses happened automatically with no action required by holders of possession-only licenses. So there's a whole list of other ones there. Um, there are good questions that you may be wondering yourself, and there's also a section about ATTs becoming a condition of a license for certain routine and lawful activities. So I encourage you to, it's your responsibility to stay up to date. I encourage you to get over to the RCMP website 
and read those questions and answers to make sure you have the most accurate and up-to-date information from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yep. So. I see what you did there because the RCMP are mounted. They have horses. Very good. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I wanted to explain it. (laughs) Well, hey, uh, we do have listeners that would not have caught it. I'm just saying. Speaking of people who don't catch things. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> I don't know. For all I know, they, they're great at catching stuff. But let's move into our into our main topic. We've got a wonderful interview with a couple of cool guys. And um, let's hear what they have to say about stuff and things. This week, we have two very special guests. And when I say special, <laughs> I don't mean important. <laughs> oh. That's kind of hurtful. I, I can't help myself. After all the rhetoric and... And hard time, but why haven't we been on your show yet? Like, what's the matter? Do you hate us? And Matthew replies, yes, and I have to delete it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> really like to start that all over, but I know McClatchy won't allow me, so I'll just try and salvage it. Keep salvaging, Joining- man. You're doing great. <laughs> Joining us this week, we do have two very special guests, uh, Brian Sheets and Jason Groves from Valkyrie Defense Group. And Valkyrie Defense Group is a training school in Ohio. I had the pleasure of interviewing them almost a year ago now on the Arm Squirrels Project uh, with uh, Sticks, And uh, it was uh, it was really a pleasure to talk to you guys then, and it's been a pleasure to hear you on all of the other podcasts. I think you've been on every other podcast. And uh, it's, it's, you know, okay, I apologize. I'm sorry it took this long to get you guys on. But maybe it's like this. Maybe we saved the best for last. Have you ever thought of that? We're kind of a big deal. You are. <laughs> oh, Cannonball! Oh, wait, that's... <laughs> Yeah, different. He's dead to me. Yeah. So we're not You're right. Yeah. So Jason and Brian, um, thank you for joining us and welcome to Slamfire Radio. Hey, thanks for, hey, having, thanks us. for having us. You're welcome. So finally. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit, gentlemen, about um, what Valkyrie Defense Group is all about and how it got started? Um, really just uh, – I, I want to say it's kind of born of necessity for us um, – we both really have a passion for uh, giving people the tools and uh, education and uh, to keep themselves safe. Um, as you know, things aren't things aren't always that uh, great down here in the basement. Here, it's not it's not always that great up there in the attic for you guys. But um, <laughs> every day, uh, less and less is shown on TV as far as what's what's happening in uh, in local areas and on neighborhoods and whatnot. So. Uh, we want people to have the tools and means to level the playing field and uh, be safe and be able to protect themselves and their loved ones. And that's, that's really what we're about. Uh, now, Jason, how long have you uh, been a CCW holder? Uh, six years now. Six years now. Okay. Yep. And, and before you got into carrying and um, into teaching, was it, is it you or is it Brian who has a military background? One of you guys did service, didn't you? Yeah, one of us did. It's Jason, not Brian. It was me. okay. It was me. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you forget or <laughs> out of uh, out of high school, joined the Marine Corps, um, went infantry, um, did security forces. So we got to play, uh, have some really good schools. Got to do some good stuff there. Um, after that, went to the fleet with uh, first light armored first light armored reconnaissance battalion. Um, was a reconnaissance scout. And that was in uh, Camp Pendleton. And actually, there were uh, I'm trying to remember the unit name, but we had uh, LAV 25s, and we had some Canadians come down and pretty much spent about six months with us, just doing training and uh, whatnot. So that was a good time. Awesome. Um, you guys rock some cool beards and whatnot. 
<laughs> That's what we're known for. It's because it's it's so cold up here. We need the beards to stay alive. We grow. Yeah, I want to. S- it was, the unit was Princess something. Princess, Princess Patricia's. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So well, we got to spend some time with those guys. That's cool. Even though you know, I mean, you're, it didn't serve for our military, but uh, we are allies. So I'll thank you for your service, just the same. Love doing it. I love doing it. Awesome. So still would then, be if I could. Pardon me. I uh, still would be if I could. Okay. Cool. Well, you're still providing a, a very important service. You're doing what you uh, what you and Brian can do to make sure that people are going to make the, the decision to carry um, that they're prepared for the uh, for the responsibility of doing so and that they've got the skills they need to use that firearm in case they ever have to deploy it. So why don't you uh, you or Brian jump in and tell us uh, you know how how Valkyrie defense started how you two decide to uh, hey we need to be doing our own training thing we need to start our own school there's a there's a market here, or there's a need that's not being filled, so let's fill it. Well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go on to that. The uh, it really started when we, we were training together. We, we started riding motorcycles together. It's kind of where we met, and then uh, me and Jason, and then uh, we kind of started getting into the gun stuff and, and starting to train more. We realized there's a lot more out there that we needed to find, you know, pertaining to this concealed carry. We we both we both. I had a good class. I had a pretty decent class whenever I took my concealed carry. I think Jason said his was, uh, his was kind of, you know, iffy. I think we talked about it before. Um, it was kind of, a, uh, you know, it was run, it was by cops, wasn't it, Jason? Oh, that's what they told me. Yeah. And it was, it was left a little to be desired. And so we, we decided, you know, let's, let's start, let's get our own group together. We'll start training. We'll start pushing each other to be better. You know, we'll start, you know, taking, these concepts and, and these theories that we have and try to put it to use, you know, cause that's really what it is. If you start taking the gun, the belt, the holster, the magazine, the carrier, all that stuff like that and putting it, you know, it's, 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 it's a th- all theory until it actually is worked out and, you know, tested and put the rubber to the road to make sure things work. So we started doing that together and then, and then started taking courses and classes and, and, you know, we had people coming like, Hey, can I come out with you guys and train? Yeah, sure. Come on out. And, and it just kind of grew and grew and, uh, people come to us asking questions, doing all that stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, like, Hey, you guys should teach concealed carry. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, I never really thought about it. Um, and then Jason went and got his certification and then I went and got mine about, was it like six or eight months after Jason got his and just so, to have it, just kind of have it. So what did that involve, Brian? Uh, how did you, <laughs> who certified you? Uh, that's, that's the, NRA, the thing. The state. The NRA. The NRA. The NRA is 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 the uh, is the certifier, or the you know, and uh, it it was a very very basic class. Um, if you really think about it, you know, anybody can go and take a seventeen hour course and be certified to teach. I think it's seventeen or eighteen hours. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I'd have to look it up, but. 17 or 18 hours and then you can you can potentially teach anybody in in ohio how to conceal carry a firearm now is and that the same for every state no um other states require more um other states require less it's just all it's all yeah it's all depends on the state that you live in um but basically just uh, in ohio you just need to be an nra certified uh pistol instructor that's all it is okay and, so the uh, nra certifies you and then each state will determine whether or not that's enough yeah, yeah, it, it could be more or less, or it could be continual continual learning and all that stuff like that. But uh, 
then uh, we decided, you know, yeah, let's let's try this. Let's start getting things rolled together here. Maybe we can start something. Well, then uh, it was just shortly after we kind of started getting the ball rolling, there was an accident at a local range where during a concealed carry class, a student um, standing on the line went to charge his firearm and had it pointing down the line instead of down range and uh, cracked one off, went through a guy's leg into a lady's ankle and then into the ground. Um, so two people um, got shot during a concealed handgun course, which is a basically a firearm safety class is really what it's it's it's, it's what the state requires. I mean, if you so, follow all the state guidelines. So, so an exercise in what not to do then basically. Pretty much. Happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that turned into a trauma medicine class, which was, you know. Yeah. Uh, not what they signed up for. Probably not. No. No. Uh, yeah, it's hard to get your range time in. I get. I mean, they might have got the range happens. time. In. You sign up for one class and it turns into another. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, but yeah, from there it was kind of like, okay, now we need to do this. This is we're doing a disservice now by not doing this, honestly. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how it was born, um, where we came from. So, awesome. I'd worked with a couple other companies and and uh, before this too, and I just really wasn't. I really wasn't impressed, and I didn't like what they were doing. And uh, um, one company, one outfit I was working for, we would have 140 people in a class, and I just oh. don't think anybody was getting any kind of real attention. So you mean say, you can't? You mean you can't give individual attention to 140 people at once, Jason? Uh, and I you call yourself an instructor? <laughs> Gosh. You know, this was like my first gig at doing that, and uh, yeah, just kind of getting the feet wet, and yeah. How many? Um, um, Basic requirements were met. Oh, uh, there were probably six or eight, and then probably, probably that many coaches on the range. I mean, we would have, you know, forty people shooting at the same time. You know, forty lines. Forty students on the on the line at a time. Yeah, I would have two at a time, basically. They would shoot a drill, stand down, then two other, and then another forty would come up, shoot a drill, and stand down. That sort of thing. Sort of. Yeah. So, and a couple of instructors, and then line officers clearing clearing guns. Yes. Uh, so it sounds just like a uh, like a cash cow. How many people pretty, can we turn around? Pretty yeah. much. I mean, when you have 140 people on the range, maybe shooting 15 to 30 rounds over a two-hour period, it's just, uh, uh, you know, I think you guys know what that is. I totally know what that so, is. However, that. I, go ahead. I, just, I would just like to say, I wish I had the problem of having to deal with 140 <laughs> students. Yeah. I wish we had a population and an economy up here to support those kind of numbers, because that would be awesome. We'd have to and find the, we'd find a way to accommodate them, but we wouldn't put 140 in one class. Yeah, right. yeah. So that wasn't your uh, to your liking. That wasn't your teaching style. No, no, not at all. Um, tried it with another company, just didn't work. Cutting, I don't. I'm not one to cut corners. Um, it's not worth it at any level. So, uh talk to Brian and uh, here we are two and a half years later now so in two and a half years how many students do you to um, estimate you put through we're coming up on 500 now I think Decent. I mean if, if we if we add in you know advanced course and and basic pistol plus all the returnees because well, that's one thing that a lot of people don't know they come take one of our classes if you want to come back and take that class again you can have it for free just bring a friend you know so, because we know that you know everything's all continual learning. We want you to come back. We want you to encourage you to come out and train more. That's that's what we're here for is to make better better uh, armed citizens. And so that's why that's why we do that. I so. wonder how many other I've never heard of that before, Matthew. Have you heard of that before? You come back, bring a friend, and you can shoot it again for free. No, I like it though. I like it too. We're encourages. not. It's not. 
it's not about the money for us at all at any level. I can tell no. you that. Yeah. That's awesome. If it was, was someone who went through one of our courses, and this is not us being, you know, um, tooting our own horn or anything, but someone came through our course, left it, went to another class that charged them four times more than what they paid us um, for our advanced course, and they said they got more out of our class. Nice. So, you know, that they said they basically got taught the same exact thing. Um, they didn't get as much one-on-one time, and it, they they thought they related better to our to the way we taught it. So we're happy with that. that that's uh, happy. You gotta, you have to love hearing that, and and we heard similar comments on our last Black Badge class. We had a student who's been to Sig Sauer Academy two, maybe three times, and uh, told us that uh, it was way more challenging. Really? Yeah, and that's a, a, and we don't describe it as a class to teach you how to shoot. We describe it as a class to teach you how to shoot the sport of Ipsic safely. Okay. Right. And I've uh, always wondered that. I didn't understand. I knew you were, it was for one of the one of your competition stuff. I didn't know exactly which one it was. Yeah, so. it's specific to Ipsic and it's specific to Canada. No other country requires a training class of this level before you're allowed to participate in the sport. Gotcha. So we do, um, you know, when we when we do weekend stronghand, it's at ten meters, not not three yards, <laughs> right? We're going kneeling and prone from 25, stuff like that. So <laughs> that's why we say it's not to teach you how to shoot, it's to teach you how to shoot Ipsic. So you need to have some skills before you arrive. Yes. So, so, and speaking of classes, um, you're, you're currently offering uh, a basic pistol slash CCW class, uh, counter ambush concepts class, and home defense class. What what's the difference between those three? Like, walk me through what your basic pistol class offers. Go ahead, or, or not? I mean, that's. Cool. Look, I, I was waiting like Jason. To go. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know where to go. Okay. Uh, so basic <laughs> it's pistol my class. I don't know what to say. It, it was okay. The basic pistol CCW. If if you want to, you you don't have your concealed handgun license. We basically take that class and say, okay, we start at the lowest of the low. We don't care who you are, what you are. That's we start at the bottom and say, okay. Here's this. Here's the gun. Here's how to make it safe. Here's how to clear a gun. We start talking about, you know, what is, you know, what is a handgun, and then we just work from there up. We basically assume that everybody there knows nothing, and then we build you up and get you to the point where we, then we get you out on the range. It's all oriented with safety. Um, it checks all the boxes and exceed, it meets and exceeds all the requirements for the state of Ohio to obtain your concealed carry license. Okay, so we get that out. We do that. We get that out of the way. That's that's our most popular class, of course. You know, that's what everyone wants. They just want to get their concealed handgun license. But then, if you get your concealed handgun license and you realize, holy crap, there's a lot more to this than you know what they can only teach me in eight hours because it used to be twelve in Ohio. Now they bumped it back to eight. We still weren't able to teach everything, you know, that everybody you know, that really what you need to know in twelve hours. Now we definitely can't teach it to you in eight. So we have this advanced course which is called Counter Ambush Concepts, which we're taking. You know. Uh, if you want to come to that class, we just prefer that you um, have some um, previous uh, experience at a class with, you know, a basic pistol knowledge and uh, uh, basic pistol skills. And, and especially on the safety side is what we really look for. Um, we've had people in the class where we're like, OK, we need to we kind of need to dumb it down a little bit because, you know, they might their concealed carry class they took somewhere else might not have been as strict on the safety as we would like. So we have to kind of say, OK, here's what you're doing wrong uh, whenever you're coming back towards the holster, you, your finger's still on that trigger and that makes us hinky. You know, that makes us a little itchy. So we start, you know, we kind of correct stuff right there, uh, but we go slow at the beginning of the day so we can correct those things right out of the way. So we know it's not going to hurt us down the road. Um, 
but in that class, what we're going to do, we're going to take, um, it's called counter ambush because we look at the world and, and we see that the majority of attacks that we, that we relate to are ambushes, ambush style attacks. So <clears throat> what we want to do in this class is teach you how to recover from that ambush or that stimulus of, um, gunshots or, um, the person jumping out to, um, mug you, whatever, uh, getting punched in the face, whatever to go from that that position of disadvantage or that behind behind the curve to recover and fight your way back to a to an, an advantage position so understand you know like this is what's going to happen this is what your body's probably going to do um we need to figure out how to automate this these complex skills of getting this gun out of the holster and getting it into action creating distance if we have to do that stuff like that um to fight back through and and survive the, the attack um, that's what a couple of the folks up there um, will be coming down to here next weekend. Actually, and it's coming up quick. Yeah, but that that's what they'll, that's what they'll be doing next weekend. So, awesome. yeah. Okay, and then the next uh, course that you're offering is called home defense class. Yeah, we do. We do offer a home defense course. We haven't had any interest in it yet this year, um, but it's there. We can teach it if they want. Basically, we look at we look at the, your situation and we try to you know play it out to say, okay, here's some things to consider. Um, here's you know uh, recommendations on what we prefer, what what are preferable methods of uh, storage, preferable methods of you know. Um, what what to do if someone kicks in your door you know are you are should you go you know clear your house quote unquote stuff like that we we dispel a lot of myths um and we basically just try to get people to at the end of the day to be able to look at their situation and say here's what i know i need to do now um to make my family safe and to be able to survive a home invasion so would you say that the home defense class is more a theory based than a practical uh, we still do shooting. We still, still get shooting. out there and yeah, we still get out there and do the shooting portion. But yeah, there's a little more classroom to that than it would be the, the counter ambush. The counter ambush class, you're really only going to be in the in the classroom for maybe an hour and a half, two hours, depending upon how long winded me or me or Jason get, um, and how many questions too. That's another thing. If if the students just come and sit there and just stare at us and don't interact, uh, we can get in and out there pretty quick. Which but we like interaction. We we kind of. We, li- we love questions, you know, be thrown at us because that means that the students are engaging and they're actually there to learn. Um, so, And in the home defense class, is it simply um, handguns or do you start to get into long guns and scattered <laughs> handguns? It's, it's handguns right now, yeah. Um, and the same with our, with our um, counter ambush course. You know, we could take it and we've had requests like, can you do this class with rifles? Yes, we can. Um, we just haven't done it yet. Uh, can you do this class with shotguns? Yes, we can. We just haven't done it yet. Um, so we can we can do that kind of stuff. It's just we we never really had we've had the questions of hey can we do it? We've never had anybody say hey we want to do it on this date. So so that sounds to me like you you're constantly looking at your curriculum and coming up with new ways to advance it or expand upon it. Do you have any other classes that are in the works? Something that you you've got on the back burner that's coming down the pipe? Oh uh, yeah, we got we got some stuff uh, we're working on right now. Um, we're looking possibly to see more medical classes coming in because, you know, we, we, we're, um, we're of the mindset, you know, that we're not just here to make better armed citizens. We're here to make better citizens, you know? Um, so we, we want to know that, you know, I, we always like to ask it to be, you know, when we're doing, we, we do a medical portion in every class. Like I said, we're not certifying anybody for anything. We're just saying, Hey, here's some tools and here's how to use them. 
and you could potentially save someone's life with this. But always like, you know, start with like, hey, who here has uh, been in a, you know, an incident um, where a lethal threat engagement where you needed your handgun to survive? Right. But how many of you came across a car accident? A car accident. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly the next line after yeah. that. Whenever no one raises their hand, I say, okay, who here has seen a car accident? Yeah. And then so true. everybody's hand goes up and it's like, okay, what'd you do? Well, I called 911. What, you know, what, what else did you do? I waited for them to come. Man. Okay, we need to get you off the sidelines and get you into action because someone could, you could potentially save someone's life like this, and that's what we're here to do, is to make a difference. I'm yeah, people, people look at the handgun training and go, "Ooh, that's cool. Let's let's learn to shoot stuff and, and things," and they're yeah. all excited about that. But in reality, that's like really low probability of ever actually happening to you. Yes, it's still a good thing to be trained for, absolutely, and I encourage everybody to be trained for that and to, to be equipped for it. But realistically, having a first aid kit in the car and knowing what to do at the event of a traffic accident, that is way more likely going to happen to you. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, if you really think about it, you're more likely to use that medical kit than your gun yep. ever in your, in your entire life. You know. And if you're that one instructor, you use them both in the same day. <laughs> yeah, you get to no, utilize you everything. That's no, you don't. You're a treat. terrible person, McClatchy. <laughs> Never treat the bad guy who just assaulted you. Uh, that is our that is our message. No, it's Trevor, I was talking guy. about the guy who shot the student. Is what I was talking. About. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Way to keep up with the jokes, though, dude. Yeah, That's cool. On. Yeah. All right. Okay. I was going to actually engage you a bit more in the conversation, but now I'm I'm not. No, you on. can. Uh, I'll go back to eating my donuts. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Matthew. Like we got called out um, a couple of weeks ago when talking about what's in our hunting bag. Mm-hmm. But and and uh, Spencer the whale said then you guys mentioned first aid kits and Matthew, um, you you've you've got a get home bag of sorts in the vehicle. Uh, all right, are you carrying a first aid kit in your I car? have many first aid. I have, I have three in my truck. I have oh, a trauma first aid kit, one for like one that I'll carry when I'm going to the range. It's It's got a tourniquet in it and some big gauzes and stuff, you know, some, something that you would want to stop a big bleed with real quick. Then I've got a scrapes and cuts kind of first aid kit, just a real small one. And then I've got a sort of intermediate one that has the tape and the scissors and the, and the other sort of thing. And that's always in my truck. So I've always got that with me close by. I, so you've thought it out. That's I awesome. Have. You've thought yeah. it out. Yeah. Most people are like, well, I never even thought of that. You know, and, and that's me. Well, it's not true. I have the training. I've been trained in first aid and CPR since the age of 19, and I don't think it's ever expired. But I don't carry a first aid kit in my car. I'm, I, it's just awful. But I'm the same guy has been working on a bug bag for over a year now. That's not finished. <laughs> it's got, like, toilet paper and fire starter in it and a knife. Like <laughs> Anyway. Well, that's cool, guys. So... Um, it's good to it's good to hear where you're coming from. It's good to hear how Valkyrie Defense Group has grown and developed and and where it's going. And so we thought that um, you two would be perfect to come on and discuss with Matthew and I how to select an instructor or a, a training school for that matter. For example, um, let's say you were able to look at the instructor's safety record. Would you pick that guy that didn't watch the line close enough? And as a result, a student shot not one but two students, right? How do you pick a good instructor? What do you look for? Um, what do you guys think? Like, Matthew, uh, you you know, you're looking – let's say we lived in a country where we had, uh, you know, more than caps in, in Quebec. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How would, you, how would you go about selecting an instructor? What would you look for? What would you want to 
what would you want to consider important? Well, I would con- I I think personally I consider um, experience uh, to be a, a huge term- determining factor when picking somebody to teach me something. I want somebody to teach me something from experience, not something from a book. I can read a book. I can watch web. You know, I can watch YouTube. I want somebody. Yeah, I want somebody who's done it, whether they're former police officer, uh, you know, military, whatever. I, I don't, you know, even depending on what you're being trained in, even a former competition shooter is going to be able to teach me something. They've got some sort of experience. Um, so yeah, I, I think that'd be the, the, the key thing for me anyway, is somebody who has the actual experience. And I, I am with you on that. Um, you know, why is Daniel Shaw coming to Canada to teach us how to run our rifles? Well, he knows I'll how because be- he's done it. Yeah, I'll be perfectly like he's he's shot people for a living. Uh, there, I said it, and to me that matters. Yeah. I don't care. You can judge me. I want the guy teaching me how to use a rifle to defend myself. I want him to have had to have used it to save his own skin. That guy knows what he's doing. And know? not you can't always have that. I mean, you, no, you, you can't. I mean, we have we have know. Tom Nelson come up and teach us uh, handgun. Uh, uh, skills and stuff, but he he is teaching us more from a competition point of view, and he is a competition shooter, so he does have that experience. But I think you will be hard pressed to find CCW instructors who have had to actually use their gun simply Absolutely. for the the reason that we talked about just a couple minutes ago. It's not a very common thing. Well, this is it. I mean, Masada Yub has taken many people at gunpoint over the span of his career, but he's never had to shoot anybody. Right. And you can't tell me he's not qualified to teach. Exactly. So you know, whether or I'm not you've actually my used... My twisted view. Yeah. Somebody who used to carry a gun, somebody who, you know, a cop or a former infantryman, somebody who got paid every day, day in and day out to carry the gun and then taught other people to carry the gun. Yep. To yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. Um, I think another really key important thing is get getting somebody who actually knows how to teach because mm-hmm. having the experience and then knowing how to actually convey that knowledge, that's two different things. Yeah. No. That's huge. Yeah, that is. Can shoot, can teach. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, what do you think? What do you, what do you look for when, uh, when you, I know you, we know you've taken lots of classes and uh, that's kind of what prompted you to start your own training school. So what do you look for in an, in an, an instructor? Go ahead, Jason. I really, I really look for, I've got a couple um, that I've been looking at, and this year has been really bad for me to be able to take classes. I think last year we were pushing 100 hours, and this year is not even close to that, but I'm going to remedy that soon. But it's something – I look for a skill that I want to master or I want to get into or I want to be exposed to, and then I'm going to look and see what kind of experience. How long have they been teaching it? Uh, What's their track record? Do people like them? I mean there's a (laughs) – you know, there's a lot of those personalities in the firearms industry where they're popular, popular people, but people don't like them because James Yeager. Some people love them, some people hate them. There's that, you know. Um, so it's really the skill that I want to learn. Unfortunately, there's a lot of places out there where I, you can, we can go. I can drop my money that, uh, you know, I spent all month saving up, and all of a sudden it's like I'm filming a Magpul video class, and it just drives me nuts. I'm not there to just to do some basic drills. I want to learn. I want to learn a methodology. I want to learn some some theory behind it. Yeah, I like to I understand wanna, why I'm doing yeah, what I'm doing. That's that's so, huge. So a lot of guys will put some videos out of what they do, which apparently we're bad at. But yeah, <laughs> and I can get a feel. I can get. I'm. I think I'm pretty good at reading people. I can get a feel of if this is this is what I want or this is what I don't want. Coming back to uh, Tom Nelson, when we're talking about an instructor who will explain to you why 
he's teaching you to do it this way. Tom was just, he did a phenomenal job at showing us why a tack reload was better than a reload with retention. So he showed us the traditional way of doing a reload with retention where you go up to the handgun, you, you eject the magazine, you bring it down to your pouch. Um, no, sorry. The traditional way was pulling a magazine from your pouch, going to the handgun, ejecting a magazine. Now you've got two mags in your hand, inserting the fresh mag and going back to the belt for the second time to store the magazine. So he had it, he did it three, four times to count the steps, count the steps. And then he said, now I'm going to show you my way, call it attack reload. So he went to the gun, ejected the magazine, went to the belt, stowed it, retrieved a fresh mag and went back to the gun and avoided an entire trip between the gun and the belt. Saving steps means saving time. And he was able to, yeah, and he was able to demonstrate both method, both methods, and explain why this method is better. And I mean, in a gunfight, it's all about efficiency and time saving, right? So you can start sending lead downrange again. So, like you, same thing. I want, I want them to be able to explain to me why the skill that they're teaching me works like what's the theory behind it why do we do it this way i always need to know that why are we doing it this way as, as opposed to an instructor who just says all right i'm going to teach you the four steps to a draw step one step two step three step four practice that let's move on yeah the why is i think is almost one of the most important points because if you get someone that's teaching a con you know a concept and they don't even under like if they can't tell you why you have to do this this way that means you know. that they really don't fully understand that That's whole concept, correct. and then yeah. they can. There's just no way they can teach it properly. Mm -hmm. um, they don't own it. Uh, so that that's one thing. I, like I said, I, the why is huge for me. So. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, I like an instructor who is very organized. Very organized. And they got their they got their stuff together, and you can see they've got their stuff together. They come. I guess because I'm a classroom teacher, if I show up to the classroom unprepared they know in two minutes I'm making it up as I go and I'm not prepared and I don't have my materials together and I've not tested out my technology at ahead of time and I'm wasting their time now. If I'm fumbling and making it up as I go, I'm wasting their time and they're not there to have their time wasted. They're there to have me facilitate and instruct. And so as a student, same thing. I want to see this thing move like a Swiss watch. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What else, boys? What else are we looking for? Do we do? I don't know if that we train a lot of reloads down here because we all carry thirty round magazines. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> Interview is over. Right. Matthew, yeah, that's it. We're done. Thing. Cutter. Yeah. <laughs> this is garbage, and we made a mistake. <laughs> Play that card, huh? So, uh, uh, who's got the crush on George Hatch? Yeah, <laughs> that, I believe that goes. It's a one-way street, and I believe his crush is on me, and that's fine. He can I'm crush trying all to be day the long. Side chick. I'm trying to be George's side chick. But. You want to be like the mistress to Brian? Is that what's going on? No. I see. That's what it sounded like to me. I'm just saying. You want my seconds? Oh. No. Okay, let's, let's carry on quickly now here before why. I have to edit something. Now we know why George bailed. That's all I'm yep. saying. Things are getting too real. That's right. <laughs> uh, one, one of the things that, that I myself will do personally before I go to that class is prepare myself to be a good student. I mean – I'm going to go in with an open mind and say, okay, here, like Jason said, I, I want to learn a skill and I'm going to be an open book. I'm not going to judge this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to take everything in as much information as I can. I'm the guy who shows up with a notebook 
and I, I take notes. I went to the I went to an edge weapons course at the beginning of the year, and I showed up with a notebook, and everyone else was staring at me. They're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm taking notes. You know, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to learn this stuff and own it." And uh, I came, I went home and typed up my notes too, you know, just so I have it. But I, I want to prepare myself before I get there. I know it's not really goes into it selecting, but if if you're not going to get everything out of the core, out of the class, then you're going to waste your money. If you're going to, if you're not going to be able to there to be a good student and, and accept all the all the knowledge, you also have to be able to just you know filter out the stuff that might not be the right. You know, if it's you get there and it's recommended by someone else, and then and it turns out that yeah, maybe some of the stuff this guy's teaching isn't isn't jiving with some of the stuff I know should be true. You need to be able to filter that stuff out too, as well. So yeah, I, I agree, and and. As a, because uh, I've coached archery and now do some some firearms training specific to IPSC, uh, I know Matthew Matthew and I both kind of struggle with the student that looks at us and says, "Well, I've always done it this way." Yeah, and and yeah, as, well, that was going to be my next point was the evolution of the class. Yeah. I mean, is it is it evolving? Or are they still teaching you know stuff that that has been that we've replaced with stuff that works better? Yeah. Like well, in most cases, here. these these are people that have are self taught. Right, and they've always done it. They've always held the teacup grip, or they've always they saw a dirty Harry uh, supporting his wrist with the other hand, so that's what they assumed was right. So they've shot twenty years that way, and now they're in a class, and I want them to change. And they look at me and say, "Well, I've always done it this way," and it's so frustrating. So as when I put on the student hat and go to a class, and I'm doing something that it takes me out of my comfort zone, sometimes I'm more successful than other times. Right, Stacy? At leaving my comfort zone. <laughs> Hi, Stacy. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, and thank God for patient instructors because, uh, you know, um, Mag Forty. It was uh, kind of the same idea. I was uh, having to shoot with uh, the quote-unquote crush grip that Miss um, Sod was teaching, and uh, it felt all wrong to me. But I wasn't there to be told what I was doing was right. I was there to try new things and see if I could improve upon my technique. I tried all of the stances that he taught, the Chapman and the Weaver. I went in isosceles. I came out of isosceles, but I gave them an honest go. And when we had to shoot our qualifier and we got 15 yards and had to shoot six rounds in each of those stances, I didn't cheat it. And I shot six rounds to Weaver and six rounds Chapman and actually seven rounds isosceles because I had a makeup shot. But so... It's from being an instructor that I've been able to push myself to uh, just do what the instructor says. Do what the instructor says, you know. Yeah. You have to be a little mindful of, of your students' emotions, and I think I'm pretty good at picking up on that when they're when they're uh, struggling or if they don't really quite get what we're doing, then we have to stop and back up. And it's not a problem because we're there for them. Mm. But we have to remind them. I have to tell them because they might not understand – how their emotions play into their training. They might not have been exposed to that. So I try I'll give to break Jason it down. props for that. Jason's so really to, good at that. Yeah, I try to break it down and you know give them the roller coaster speech. You know, let's if you're down and you're beating yourself up, then you're just wasting shots. You're not learning anymore. You know, you're just fighting yourself. Mm-hmm. So once I kind of explain that and they kind of become mindful of their own emotions while they're training, then they can imp- they can improve. With with little reminder the rest of the day, and that's certainly but, a desirable skill to look for when selecting an instructor, someone who knows how to 
read their students and adjust to them based on what they're putting off. Yeah. Right, and new new material is new things are scary for people. Uh, challenges are scary for people, but they have to be able to put themselves into it. And and when they do, and once they start feeling that they're that they're learning and that they're making gains, then you know I can say, okay, he's going to call where he's going to take more classes, or he's going to this guy's going to go home and he's going to make that med kit we talked about, things like that. Hmm. So experience, um, the amount of time they've been doing it their background um what old facilities is there anything in particular when uh, we're selecting a, a, a class an instructor or a training school is there any particular type of uh, amenity that we should be concerned ourselves concerning ourselves with about the facilities do they have a place to pee for ladies that's usually one question that needs to be answered mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm real the- i'm real basic as, as long as it's yeah. safe i'm not yeah. real concerned yeah um, for the first time this year, we assigned one of our washroom facilities as ladies only in an effort to try and, you know, keep it clean for the guys that don't know how to lift a seat <laughs> as we have more and more female shooters in our sport. And one of the things that we hear about, you know, is there anything we could do to improve to bring more ladies out to the range? And yeah, running water would be nice if at all possible, you know, um, uh, Better, cleaner bathroom facilities would be nice, you know. Yeah, they they can hit an eight inch gong at twenty five yards, but they can't hit a <laughs> twelve inch hole three feet and in for three inches in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, and those guys with those short billed rifles need to stand closer to the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, I think that pretty much does it for uh, the ending you know, on a toilet joke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like just, it. I figure, Matthew, that was it. They're cut off. It's yeah, not going to go anywhere. That's yeah. We're not we're going nowhere but down at yeah, this point. Yeah. No, it was it was really nice having you guys on though. It it uh, we you know we talked about it for quite a while, but actually talking to you guys was fun, and uh, you guys are really insightful too. See, I told you they were good guys, Matthew, but you were like, oh no, they're going to have to prove it. Well, they did, so it's okay. Sorry, guys. It was all Matthew. <laughs> but we now try. I guess. Now you made the cut. Maybe you can come back and play sometime. Sure. So now, so since we had to call you out on Facebook just to get to uh, get get here, are we going to have to call you out on Facebook to get you to come down here to take a class? Yes, you thing, are. The only thing preventing me from coming down to take a class is time and money. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, if I had those two things. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Uh, My brother, go up there. Come on yeah. up. Smuggle everybody some magazines up. You know? <laughs> there you go. Let's record the that Ameri- and put it out on a podcast. That's a great idea. <laughs> the, Ameri- for the American way. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Wouldn't uh, it be nice if we could combine a day of training with this year's um, charity shoot? The charity shoot would be on like a Saturday, and uh, we could reserve the range for a training class on the fall, on like the very next Sunday. And some of the people from the charity shoot would stay behind and sign up for the class, and some would 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 not that'd be kind of cool you guys should maybe talk with the organizers of the charity shoot ha- have your people talk to our people yeah <laughs> which basically means just send us we an have- email after the show because we are our people and we're pretty sure you are too i was so. just gonna say i don't know do we have people jason yeah. <laughs> you're my secretary secretary yes. oh yes there's huh. a and there we go there's another um we're done Told again we should have ended this yeah we should have ended this a while ago <laughs> so what do you guys actually before we let you go what do you got coming up um you've got a class how soon uh next weekend with some canucks yes the canucky canuckistans canucks canadians canadians canucks from canuckistan yes okay got it yeah that's don't, what i meant don't hold our government's mistakes against us 
<laughs> and we won't blame you for Obama. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> What's the round count going to be for this class? Uh, 300 to 350, maybe that's more a, if they feel like getting itchy. That's a class. That's See, a good that's class. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's also yeah. something you should look at. It's nothing to, That's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah, yeah round count and quality rounds matter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. The amount of time, yeah, that, that's another thing. I guess the amount of time you're going to – if it's only a four-hour class and they want you to bring a 1,000 rounds, <laughs> are you going – that's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Nothing, it. nothing like turning money to noise, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's fun too, but a class isn't the the place for it, right? Yeah. So we'll go as long we'll go as long as the students want to go until people start getting you know dehydrated and you know the sun's baking them and whatnot. Mm. So we'll go. Our four, it's, we say it's a four to six hour class. We've it's been eight. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And then. Uh, comes with a fancy certificate and whatnot that they can hang on their wall and say they're the Canadians can come back and say, you know, if I was allowed to carry, I'd be certified to do so now. Absolutely. Ooh, yes. Yeah. As long, as long as you don't shoot us or someone else in the class, we'll give you a certificate. That's cool. You gotta, you've got to do so, You gotta make sure you pick on them, right? Like, no, we would know, never do anything like that. Right. We're training you all so you can go back and play with your ears off, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is what it's like if you could carry connect stands, something you gotta, yeah. There's still a couple spots left in that class. If anybody's interested, just uh, uh, hit us up on Facebook, uh, Valkyrie Defense, or Facebook slash Val- Valkyrie Defense Group. Uh, you can find me, Brian, Brian Sheets. You can send me a friend request. We'd really love you to go like our page. Uh, we've been hovering around six, 650, 660, somewhere around in there. We'd like to get, we'd like to get 750 before the end of the year. So we'd really like to get there. Nice. So, all right. So they can find you on Facebook and where else? Do you have a website, email addresses? Uh, ValkyrieDefenseGroup.com is where you can find us. Uh, email address is ValkyrieDefenseGroup at gmail.com. Excellent. All right. Well, listen, guys, it's been a real pleasure and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. You tell us when and we will be here. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank a lot. You. So it's so funny. I mean, here... You know, George Hatch, host of New Shooter Canada, has been crushing on, well, cr- nah, crushing. Yeah, sure, crushing on uh, on Brian for months now on Facebook, and then he's like, totally blows him off. He's not, he's not actually going to go to the training class. Crazy. Yeah, something about people on that show ditching. Or yeah, it's weird. Out. It's sort of a trend. Yeah, it's like I'm going to take your class. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to take. No, I'm not. I'm going to take. No, I'm not. <laughs> Psych. Yeah, it's not cool. Man. It's not cool. Now on this show, when we say we're going to show up for something, we, we usually show up. Show up. <laughs> but we don't often say we're going to do stuff because yeah, stuff. we d- we you know just know it. that we'll we'll end up not being able to go, so we yeah, we just don't say we're going to go. That's right. Yeah. Not to point any fingers or mention any names. Yeah, I gotta watch myself because I'm supposed to go to an apple seed in March. Well, I'm supposed. To, I really hope I can. Right. Where is it? Michigan. Oh, that's a long ways away. It is. Yeah. It is. I may try and do a carpool thing. Like, uh, if some of the connects are going back, like I'll drive to Ontario and then yeah. go the rest of the day with one of them or something. But uh, yeah, um, I think Stacy's going to try and coordinate it so it takes place during the New Brunswick March break. Oh yeah, so that'd be good. Yeah. I just can't take the time, right? So yeah. How uh, how about we uh, we uh, transgress? No, that's not the right word. No, transgress we, works. Why not? All right, let's uh, make or, it up. I could just say you know instead instead of transition. Fancy, yeah, there's that too. 
We could uh, segue to it. Get on that. your little electric cart. Could we drive just read over. some email now? Maybe. Oh, let's read some that? email. Yeah, I won't All do right. that. All right. I'll get the first one. Sure. From Pat, gentlemen, I just wanted to send you a quick note thanking you for your advice on how to sell my. <laughs> um, I'm glad you took this first one. Lung, lung man. Le, le jung, le jung mon. <laughs> Jung Jungman. Jungman. Le Jungman. Jungie. It's like jungle, but without the L E. The so jungle man. Le Jungman. Yep. The jung is the is the L silent. The 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 Q is silent. All right. So we're gonna <laughs> scratch all that. I just wanted to send you a quick note, thanking you for your advice on how to sell my AG forty two B online. I posted it on the two sites you mentioned and was able oh I have a feeling this email is not going to go my way <laughs> and was able to sell it to someone on the site that we shall not name. Oh, I love it. Okay, good. Not GOC unfortunately. Well, that's too bad. So he sold it but he didn't sell it on GOC. Right. But he sold it. So that's But important. he sold it. Yeah, that's good. The transaction and shipping worked perfectly on both sides. Correctly. After the transaction, a brand new CZ75 SPO1 shadow appeared in my house. Isn't that funny how that happens? It's weird. It's, it's, it's like, like surreal sometimes. He sold a gun and then poof. Poof, there like, it is. Yeah, like, another one. And that's a magical thing. It, it's a something. <laughs> an SPO1 appeared. I have an SPO1 story. Big time squirrel. I get a call yesterday while I'm driving, and it's this kid. He's off to college in Moncton. And the landlord said, don't bring your gun. Because he inquired, and the landlord was like, no, because you're renting a room in the house. There's other people. I'm just not comfortable with the whole idea. And that's too bad, but it is what it is. Sure. And what it is is me getting a CZ SPO1 Shadow. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Yeah. So he calls me. He's like, yeah, so I called the uh, CFO's office, and I asked him if I could lend you my gun and have you and have it stored at your place while I'm in college. And they told me all I needed was a note from you saying it was cool. <laughs> huh. And I said, son, I don't think you were talking to the CFO's office. And if you were, then things just got a lot cooler in Canada. <laughs> yep. I said, tell you what, try again. Here's my number. Call him up. Give them my number and say, this guy's going to take my gun and get something from them that I should call them to confirm this. Because you're not. I'm not picking up your, your handgun and I'm not taking it to my place. I'll pick it up and transport it with an ATT because... We don't need an ATT for that anymore. Maybe, you know, uh, yeah. it's lawful, right? This dude is having me store his gun for him. So uh, Mr. RCMP officer pulls me over, sees the CZ case in the back seat, says, you got a license? Yeah, all right. Uh, where's the registration for that gun? Right here. Well, how come it doesn't say your name on it? Well, he's lending it to me. Well, how do I verify that? Yeah. You know, how do I prove to this cop I didn't steal this kid's gun? It's not registered in my name, so I need something from them. Saying that's Mr. right, officer, yeah. Before don't, you can... don't put him in the shiny bracelets. That's right. Anyway, as I'm pretty as they him. may be. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to sort that out. And then get this: he goes, "It's brand new. I just got it. I put 89 rounds through it, but you feel free to shoot it all you want." Nice. Oh, <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> I, I put 2,000 rounds through it, but I cleaned it every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your shadow. It's broken in. I did a trigger job too. <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking. He obviously doesn't listen to the show. Obviously. Anyway, so uh, as Pat says, funny how that happens. Yeah. Again, thank you and best of luck, Pat from the West Coast. Thanks, Pat. Sorry that uh, I destroyed your email with poor reading and even poorer stories. It was a good story. I thought so, but 
Pat may not have thought so. Oh, well, it is. It what was it supposed is. to be about Pat, not about me and this Anthony kid, but right. Yeah, it happens. How about you read the next one and I'll just be quiet. I'm gonna <laughs> this next one comes to us from Lonnie. He says, hello guys, love your program, listen to it often. Friday, August 28th, I was driving a fair distance and turned on the awful CBC radio only to stumble across an interview with A.J. Somerset about his new book, Gun Culture, now being out of control. This guy is a former Canadian soldier and a sport shooter. Unreal, what a traitor. We do not need Canadian guys like this guy this guy's mindset is such a mess i question whether he's a paid propagandist give the interview a listen and decide for yourself canadian shooters need to know about enemies amongst us like this um and so the uh the interview link is is there and uh the the tagline for it is gil deacon speaks to aj somerset a sport shooter and canadian uh soldier a former canadian soldier about the evolution of gun culture and the virginia shooting uh and then uh Lonnie signs off. Thanks for the great shows. So you're welcome, Lonnie, and thank you for that link. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I probably don't even want to because yeah, I like do. my blood pressure where right where it's at. No, you do. You do. It's worth listening to them to to understand how they think and where they're coming from. I did listen to it. Um, it was the NFA and the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights were mentioned, and so when we got wind of it, it was posted on the Facebook page for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. Uh, we, you know, he just mentions us at the very, very end and says, obviously, we don't know what a coalition is. Um, so his main beef, Matthew, is that there's a segment of Canadian gun owners who are turning American and want NRA style politics up here and want the right to carry. And this is Canada and, and how rude. How rude. Why would you want to defend yourself? <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but stop, stop he, wanting to. Contain your rights and and be responsible for your own safety. That's not Canadian. What Lay down saying, and bleed, victim. What he's saying about how Canadian gun culture is changing is that people are identifying themselves. It's become part of who they are. Like, hi, I'm Trevor. I'm an archer, right? Mm-hmm. That's acceptable. But hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm, an, I'm an Ipsic shooter and a gun collector and a podcaster. That somehow is not acceptable. So, so hi, I'm Matthew. I'm a pilot. That is cool. You know how many people, when I say that, they go, wow, do you own your own plane? And I go, yeah, too. And then the stories start from there, right? But then if if I say, oh, hi, I'm Matthew. I'm a gun owner. Crickets. Oh, you own guns? Why would you own guns? That's terrible. Why would you want to shoot stuff? You know? Like, we're, oh, it's so, it drives me nuts. So he he says that uh, it's become part of our identity. We identify ourselves as gun owners, and he says that's the recent change in the last twenty years in Canada or whatever. And and and, and would you look at that? We're actually getting some good things done to the Firearms Act in Canada because we're identifying as it, and because we're coming together as a group. So, yeah. So, but he is a shooter, and he yeah. is a gun owner. But he is what? A uh, liberal. Nope. Oh, a FUD. Yes. Yeah. This guy is the true definition of a FUD. It's okay to own guns, but make sure you feel bad about it. Yeah, make sure, and, and it's only okay to own the ones that, that, it's, that I want you to own. Mm, I don't even know that he has a problem with anybody owning pistols or ARs. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's how we portray ourselves as gun owners these days, he says, is, or the shift in culture is happening. And, um, yeah, so like I said, go listen to it because he's not necessarily attacking us, but he's pretty fuddy. He's very fuddy, and again, and again, it's not so much that uh, you shouldn't have a pistol, but.
but you, you know, why, why do you, he'd be one of these guys. Why do you think you, you should need to carry? Because yep. I want to is not good enough for him. Right. Yep. yep. So anyway, it's, it's, as I said, for no other reason than to understand how the other side thinks. So you know where they're coming from, which will help you when you debate one of these individuals. Mm-hmm. You need to understand them in order to be effective in your debate with them. Yep. I, I encourage all gun owners to go listen to this interview. Cool. Okay. Consider it research. Yeah. So it's on CBC. Yeah. I know you don't want to go there, but. Yep. All right. Uh, you can take the next one, too, because it starts off with somebody yelling your name. And then... Matt! Hey! That's how it starts off, and it's from George. New Shooter Canada has a 5% sale coming up September 13th to September 19th at Bullseye Shooting London. This wow. is funny. He, a 5%? They weren't going to tell you yeah. because they were like, oh, he'll never know because he doesn't listen because I heard that when I listened. Right. And so, yeah, so he knows, since he knows you're not going to listen. He he's sends actually, it over to us. Yeah, he's so nice. He's like, I know Matt doesn't listen to my it's show. because he doesn't want to owe me another 20 bucks. That's the problem. Well, so this is, I guess, what he's doing. So he's like letting you know so you yeah. can't throw him under the bus again and accuse him of owing 20 bucks. Yeah, well, he still owes me that initial 20 bucks, so that's okay. Anyway. Well, uh, they th- came up with a reason why you don't, but you didn't listen, so. Well, I, I, I no. So in your mind, you, he still owes I, you 20 I, bucks. Yeah, exactly. What? 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 <laughs> Anyway, the coupon code is NEW5, so N-E-W and then number 5. Just saying, spread the word. New Shooter Canada, thank you for subscribing, downloading, and listening. Cheers, George, P.S. Don't forget to like our Facebook page. (laughs) I love how he always gets a commercial in for his show whenever he writes us. We don't have to read it. Uh, Yes, we do. It's hilarious. Yes, we do. Of course we do. Yeah, thanks, George. And anybody who wants to uh, get a 5% discount at Bullseye Shooting, uh, use the code. And thanks, George, for it. Yeah, they're really getting out there and making connections in the industry. They've got sponsors lined up for SummerSlam. I know Kelly has a real great relationship with Ryan and uh, Marcy over at Self Frontenac, SFRC, the ammo source. Um, yeah, they're uh, that's cool. Yep. Uh, we got another one oh, yeah. from Jason. Yeah. Mr. Philp, he's out shooting skeets and stuff. Skeets, yes. Oh, man. Jason, really? Hi. Were there no Tapco stocks on those SKSs? Thought you'd like this, and there's a link to a news story of a bunch of high-powered guns that were seized. All right, high-powered guns and drugs seized in a series of raids. Officials with the Alberta Law Enforcement Response Team alert said an arsenal of weapons and a large amount of drugs was seized in a series of raids in three Edmonton homes. Now. It's go to CTV News and look up this story. Man, they had this guy. Of course, he had to put his gloves on before he touched the guns, right? Because he didn't want to, like his hands to melt from all the awesomeness. <laughs> there was uh, a Glock 17 with a homemade full auto conversion job put on it. And this is the language, right? This is now an extremely dangerous and deadly weapon. Like when this, and you can't control it. Like, you can't control this thing. This thing is impossible to control when you shoot it. So the risk to the public is just astronomical. And now, oh, my God, look, there's a suppressor. At least he was using the term suppressor. This one's threaded for a suppressor. So now it's full auto and nobody can hear it, right? <laughs> nobody can hear it, yes, because and, silencers do do just make the guns. Just, uh, pew, 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 pew. Well, just, obviously, just like, we wouldn't yeah. call them silencers. Right. And, oh, my heavens. There was a Chris Vector. Well, this is an exotic, high-power, full, extreme rate of fire. Oh, my God, yeah. The rate of fire that he quoted for the full-auto Glock was like 
in the thousands of feet per second, something <laughs> like that. Thousands yeah, of rounds per second. Yeah, or no, no, per minute, per minute. Oh, per but minute. It was okay, like yeah. Still, stupid. it was like yeah, worse it's... than an AK. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, is anyway. Again, go watch it so that you can experience the other side. And this is as bad as it gets. Right. Yep. They made such a focus on, on. Oh, and he was asked, well. Okay, these guns are so dangerous. Are you aware of any circumstance or incident in Alberta where these guns or guns like these were used in a crime? And talking about the Chris Vector, right? Yeah. Uh, well, guns are used in crimes in Alberta all the time. Yeah, but what about that one? The one you just described that while you were holding it, a thousand babies died worldwide. Like, has that gun ever been used in a crime in Alberta? Uh, uh, <laughs> no. next question, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, these druggies like their guns. They had, uh, well, they had a Chris Vector and a Glock, and um, yeah, there was an SKS. No Tapco stock. So um, they had some taste, then, is what you're saying? Yeah, they left their SKS alone. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, definitely worth watching. Um, and and go figure, the criminals arrested. Hey, all had criminal records. All had a past history of violence, and yet, where were they? Were they locked up? No, no. Even though they were known, even though they had a history of violence and had charges in the past related to violent acts, where are they? They're out on the street using illegal guns and selling drugs. Yep. That's where we like our criminals. Free. Yep. Right out where we can keep an eye on it. Wait. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. uh, where we can keep an eye on them. <laughs> you know, oh my God. Anyway, so if you would love to send us an email, and we would love you to send us an email, um, you can do so by making sure it makes fun of Jason Philp and skeet shooting, and, <laughs> and send it to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. If you don't shoot, shop the Freedom Ventures, you are a communist. Calgary Shooting Center, also communist. Sure. iTunes? Nope. Like our, uh, no? No new review? No, no new review. All right. That's because we suck and they hate us. Yeah. But uh, go on over to iTunes. Leave us a uh, a genuine review. It helps get the show noticed. Um, make it funny. All that good stuff. Oh, my God. You know what we're totally forgetting? Mm. We didn't even mention that Owen's not on the show. We didn't mention why he's not on the show. We just completely went yes. on as if he's, like, off the show. Sure. Well, like he... it was normal. Right. So... Um. Yeah, Owen. Owen is taking a temporary leave. Well, we certainly hope it's temporary leave of absence from the show. Uh, however, we don't know how temporary. So, as a result, Matthew and I uh, discussed getting a semi-permanent replacement host for Owen. So, should Owen decide to come back, we- you're out. <laughs> you're fired. You're gone. There's no no warning. Just keep. Oh. You're gone. Thanks for thanks for thanks for your time. Another way of doing it, maybe we keep you on as a fourth host. Right. And then that's an option us. as well. It's probably the nicer option and probably the one that we'll go with. But my probably. way was definitely funnier. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? If you suck, we may not wait for Owen to come back. No, we would just be you're, you're fire fired. your butt right off of the bat. Do it just like Trump. Yeah. You're fired. So Slamfire Radio needs a host. And we want that host to be you. And and we're not speaking directly to like all of you. We're just just the one that we're going to pick. We're talking to you now. If you're listening yeah. to this. If you're not, we're not really talking to you, so we don't even know. You what are we saying? It. You're saying shush. <laughs> so here's what we have in mind. We would like, if you think you have what it takes to keep up with this train wreck, 
to contribute as little as possible, to derail <laughs> as much as possible, to not show up. No, I'm just kidding. If you would like to be a podcaster, if you have an interest in being part of this team, it's an awesome experience. Um, and if you if you think you have what it takes, here's what we need you to do. We would like a bio emailed to the show describing your involvement in firearms, how you got in, what you do, what your main focus is, your political involvement, all that good stuff. And don't think that you need to have an extensive background. We may be looking for somebody who has very little because it's sometimes fun to have somebody new. Yeah, I mean, so I don't grew. don't be shy. Don't automatically go, "Oh, I'd love to do that, but I got no experience in, yep. you know, whatever." Don't. Just just tell us what you got and we'll we'll see if we can work with it cuz you don't know what we're looking for. So, don't be shy. If you want to be on, send us a bio. Tell us about yourself. And we don't know what we're looking for, no. but we may find it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but Matthew's totally right. When I started in this business, it was all pretty much the same time I started in guns. If you've been following me since like episode 88 of Canadian Reload Radio, you can see where I've come in that time from having just a couple of guns to being involved in umpteen different levels and things. Um, along with your bio, we would like an audio submission so we can see how you sound while talking into a microphone and all that good stuff. If, frankly, you couldn't sound any worse than me. But, uh, yeah, maybe you have a face for radio, but we need to know if you have a voice for radio. So, <laughs> what do we say, Matthew? Two minutes should be enough. Two minutes really... max, really. Yeah, two we just minutes, need... actually well, a long time. Well, yeah, yeah. So, just send us two minutes of you talking about something. Maybe cover a news story covering guns. You know, whatever you want. Just something to give us an idea, uh, you know, about who we are. I, I mean, Don't you know, another idea, topic, yeah. if you wanted, you could send your bio as an audio. Also send it as text. But if you wanted to just send your bio as an audio, talk about yourself. That's fine, too. Brilliant idea. Yeah, well, you don't pay me the big bucks for nothing. Wait, no, you don't pay me the big bucks, period. Not anymore, no. <laughs> you can have Owen's salary. Okay. We'll split it, you and I. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, that's like saying into your iPhone, what's zero divided by zero? That's right. Yeah. Infinity, uh, isn't it? Yeah, no, you have zero cookies, zero friends, and now Cookie Monster is sad. I mean, uh, that's how that works. <laughs> So, so yeah, we, we need a host. So please, I'm not even joking. Uh, we want to get this done as quickly as possible. Yep. Uh, no real timeline, you know, uh, we're going to play it by ear based on how many submissions we're getting. I imagine we'll have 106 by this time tomorrow. Probably. And so, uh, we certainly don't want to create work for ourselves. No. But, uh, we would love to hear from the listeners. Uh, Americans need not apply. Sorry, it's a Canadian-only show. It's just the way it is. It, it's not nothing against you, Americans. It's just that we've already got an international gun podcast, and that's Kowalski and Bolivar. And look what happened to them. It's I mean, terrible. Yeah, we don't want to replicate so, that. Yeah, no. So. Unfortunately, this is a Canadian pro-gun podcasting show, so we do want to keep it Canadian. Uh, you know, we love our American listeners, but we just want to keep you as listeners for now. It's not you. Uh, it's yeah. Well, no, it is you. I want to hear from Western Canada. We we used to have Western Canada, Central Canada, and Atlantic Canada when it was Matthew, Mike, and Andrew Craig. And uh, that really brought a unique flavor because yeah. you had people from, you know, three of the regions of Canada. But and now it's had, all New Brunswick. Yeah. And there's so, more to shooting in Canada than... Now, Keep keep it keep in mind there are time zones and we do record at eight o'clock Atlantic Standard Time on Thursday nights so you do have to be available Thursday nights at eight o'clock Atlantic time so make sure We're you do the math. We're not even willing to entertain changing. Well, slight. 
slight. We'll work with Five you minutes. if you're awesome. Yeah, if you're awesome, we'll yeah, work with maybe. you. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> probably not though. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So so send some uh, send some love mail for Ellen. Tell tell him how sad you are that he's gone and that you're gonna miss him. Yep. Not that he needs that, but no. do it anyway. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Make him feel bad for skipping yeah. out on the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you could do that. Guilty. Yeah. Them. Yeah. You're hmm. really gonna let these guys wreck the show, Owen? Yeah. <laughs> Owen, who only spoke when it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the other qualification. This person has to be wise. Oh, thank God. <laughs> this is. Yeah. It wasn't. I don't remember reading that in my contract. No, that's not for you. You're not the wise one. Owen was the wise one. Right. You're the loud one. Okay. And the, you're the. I the editor. Lame one. Yeah, the lame, very lame. Well, at least my calf muscles both work fine. Oh, and mine do too. Let's everything healed, man. My tennis elbow healed. My calf muscle healed. My the, uh, the wound in your psyche hasn't. Well, no, that's. I mean, that's deep. That's a scar. My plantar fasciitis healed. We gotta do some of this carpal tunnel. How's, how's your nose? Uh, bleed, well, bleed out of your eyeballs lately? Not lately. Not lately. No. I stopped going to that butcher. Anyway. <laughs> Um, well, we don't need. We don't need a full bio. We're we're good. Right. No. Uh, there was one more point I was going to make about our new host, and um, of course was, you just killed it. It went way off. It was probably really important too. In fact, it was, it was probably the key. Now they'll never know. No, they'll never know. It doesn't matter. It'll be fine. Oh, so, uh, you should you should have computer skills so that we can pawn some of the editing work off of you. I want to I want to Chris Rakowski you. I want to invite you on the show. Give and then make the you do all the work. Quit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they haven't put on a show in a long time, and I, I don't want to. I mean, I don't, that show was kind of like uh, Pat and I's brainchild, and I don't want to see that slide. Love child, I believe, is the word you're looking for. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. No. You don't need. And bear in mind, you don't need to. I mean, again, don't let that put you off. If you are like completely computer literate, you do need to know how to run Skype. Uh, obviously, because that's how we record the calls. But we can we can teach you how to do the other stuff too, as long as you're willing to learn. Mm. Yeah. So anyway. so recap: send us a bio by text, read us two minutes uh, audio recording, send that to us to slamfireradio at gmail dot com, um, and best of luck. And yeah. Hopefully, uh, within no time, you'll be uh, on here throwing us under the bus. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like fun? It's fun when I do it to you. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing, yeah. Yeah. Any shout-outs, Matthew? Uh, to uh, Philip for helping me sell stuff. Wasn't Wait, that? that's yours. That's mine. Yeah. I haven't shipped that stuff yet. Yeah. First week back at work. Oh, man, it's been brutal. Huh. Uh, shout-outs for me. Let's see. Uh, no. All right. Yeah. I am shipping it tomorrow, though. I'm shipping a bunch of guns and, and that Lyman mold out tomorrow. Right. So there's that. All right. Well, let's sign off and say goodbye. Um, goodbye. Um, all right, then. Another awkward ending. <laughs> oh, not yet. Okay, sorry. Carry on. No, we have like four things to say. Right. Check out the Crusader Podcast Network at crusaderpodcast.com. Join any or all of our National Firearms Association. <laughs> it's important to support them. Check us out on GOC. Like us on Facebook. We are at 1,264. Seven thumbs up and counting. Updated September 3rd. Goodbye. Goodbye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.
never know how it's going to end. It just kind of falls apart, and that's where it's, it, that, that's it. It fell apart. We're done. Yep. <laughs> ain't nothing like a slam fire ending. Oh. Ain't no ain't no ending like a slam fire ending, because a slam fire ending don't quit. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps dragging on. Painful, in fact. <laughs> yep. 